Steve, this is a Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve first. We're, we, we didn't do a rundown this week because I ran out of time. But you know what? I always make time for you, buddy. Yeah, and those people behind the curtain don't know what's happening anyway. Yeah, like the they don't. Of yeah. They're just trotting down the yellow brick road listening to a wonderful podcast. Yeah, that's, that's, I hope you're trotting down the yellow brick road. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Darren. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm great. Um, this is our podcast. It's called the Stuff Summer Says Podcast with Steve. With Steve. That's right. Steve, we have got. Could suck if I'd have gotten that one wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's an easy on. but tough question. <laughs> easy but tough question. If you're not paying attention, it's one of those like you're not paying attention. It's like two plus two equals seven. Yeah, I don't know. That would have been bad. Um. <laughs> um. Anyways, we've got a, a good show, even though you know we we didn't do a rundown this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Lonnie White Jr. and MLB draft stuff. I, I want to get your thoughts on a couple things there. Um, then you sent me a text, which you sent me multiple texts over the weekend. And I think there was one that was very striking. And, and I want to hear your take on it. I think this might delve into an old guy, young guy type situation. I, But I think we're going to end up agreeing. Um, and then... Let's talk about the All-Star Game again. Maybe we won't do it in that order. Again, we, we don't have a rundown prepared, but we're going to figure it out. And then you've got a couple old guy, young guy things that I think are actually pretty interesting, um, especially the second one that you texted me. So I think that one that one should do, do well. So are you ready? Yep. Okay. All right. So today, um, an interesting collision of, of worlds, the Pittsburgh Pirates, both of our, our baseball teams, Drafted Lonnie White Jr. with the 64th pick overall in the 2021 MLB uh, draft. Um, and if you're like, why are Darian and Steve talking about this random draft pick for the Pittsburgh Pirates? Here's why. In case you don't know, Lonnie White is on the Penn State football roster currently, sort of, and has a very, very big decision to make. He can either come to Penn State play baseball, and play football, assuming we probably be a starter at, at some point, um, you know, on really both teams, obviously certainly the baseball team, probably right off the get-go. Or he could just go cash in a million-dollar check pretty much right now. I think I've seen I've seen anywhere from, like, $1 million at this, at this kind of slot to, like, $1.5 million, and that's just money right in his pocket and then whatever he makes in baseball which we can get into the, the semantics of that with him being drafted by the pirates but still a very nice chunk of chain compared to um compared to you know what he could make could make here's what i want to offer up on on this and i i haven't i i want to brag about myself here a little bit because i haven't seen this take anywhere else Usually, usually, I would be like, this person is going to go pick baseball. I thought Kyler Murray was going to go pick baseball. I was obviously wrong. I, I thought that made more sense. I feel like 99% of the time, the guy usually picks baseball if he's that high of a pick. I think Brady is kind of sort of the, not misnomer, but the, the exception to that role. He picked football, but he was also not a very high high draft pick he was like the 22nd round or something like that if this happens five years ago 
I think that it's baseball no-brainer. But because of everything that has legitimately happened within the last 12 days in the NIL stuff, I think this is going to be a lot harder of a decision. Here's why. Number one, you look at the way Penn State is recruiting right now, and my God, wouldn't it be nice to win a national title or or truly be a, a, a national dominant player? By the time he would be a senior or a third-year, you know, a third-year athlete, student-athlete, Penn State could still be making some very serious noise. And if he's making some serious noise on the football field, then there's probably Stalker Subaru or Blaze Alexander or Utz Chips or somebody that's willing to offer him some money to promote their product because that's how it works now. And that's very clear that that's what we're getting at. I don't know. I think he's got to think a little bit harder about it. And again, like I know we are a sports media podcast, but I feel like we also dabble into sports business a lot. I just think that this decision is not as cut and dry as it used to be anymore. And I, I think that is for for anyone, but I think this is the true, relatively true first guinea pig because he's been one of the guys that's been very predominantly like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm coming to Penn State to play football and baseball or if I'm just going to go make money in, in the minor leagues signing an MLB contract. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that you mentioned because I looked a little bit and didn't see that anywhere. You said you're kind of patting yourself on the back you know, coming up with mentioning the NIL stuff. From a sports media perspective, A, it, no, it wasn't out there very much. And it, and it certainly plays a role. And it feels <laughs> lazy and unaware of some media members to not, not mention that. Any media member, right? Like that, that has to be a perspective in this kid's decision and in, in, in this story. Um, I mean, I don't know who the people were that, or the companies were, the businesses could be that w- would be part of it. But it's certainly part of it. Um, yeah, five years ago, I think you're right. Kids going to baseball. Um, you know, maybe the Pirates aren't aren't drafting them if they don't think they can get them. Maybe that's part of it. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't follow recruiting enough to know if the kids, you know, if he's at Malvern Prep, it's not like it's some god awful small school that doesn't have great education. So you would think the kid would be prepared, grades wise, to come to school. So he doesn't need a, he doesn't need a a way to not worry about staying eligible or something like that and taking the money. Um, it will be interesting to watch. Um, and, and I, yeah, because baseball doesn't guarantee you anything. That's the right. other thing about the baseball draft. Football draft, NBA draft, because it's one round with a second round just for kicks. Those people are all kind of play for your team next year or they're going to bust in the first year. Baseball, you're not seeing any of these people for three years unless they're amazing. And to me, that's what I... I get hung up on like if I was in the, that situation I don't know like I think we as a society especially you and I Steve probably well maybe not us because we have access to it or have had access to it but I think people that are from Altoona or State College there is there there was I don't know if it's still the same way with the spikes now but there was a general notion that, like, in the summer, like, the Altoona Curve players and the State College Spikes players, they were kind of sort of the rock stars in, in, in the towns. They were, like, it was kind of like, this is like, you know, they're probably making all this money. They're pro athlete. Minor league baseball life is miserable. Like, it's absolutely miserable. Like, I don't think I would want to be a, I would much rather, not to 
get on my old guy aspect of it. But I would much rather go to Penn State, have a meh dorm, but also get a scholarship, get free meals, get all of this, you know, extra. You're not getting the weight room that, that Penn State has at, at the outside of curves at, at Blair County Ballpark or people's, whatever it's called now, people's natural gas field. You're just not. You're not getting that access. You're not getting the meals, the, the um, you know, academic support, the, the, for lack of a better term, life support, like life, you know, mm-hmm. coaching, you know, that you're going to get in the minor leagues. Because if you suck in the minor leagues, see, so yeah, there's 40 other kids right behind you. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, to me, like, I understand like a million dollars. I was just looking at it. So the, 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 it's a million, it's a million fifty. If you put a million dollars in front of me right now, hell, a hundred thousand dollars right now, right in front of me. <laughs> it's tough, you know, I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. I, I think it's just a very interesting, like, I think this is going to be, regardless of what he does, if, if he goes to the, the major leagues and he makes a place with pirates and is what he's supposed to be in terms of baseball. Great. That you and I are happy as pirates fans. If he stays at Penn state is what he's supposed to be at Penn state football wise. Great. You and I are happy Penn state fans, but I think we're going to look back on like this Lottie white junior stuff. It's a very landmark moment for this NIL stuff, because I, I really think that there's, a lot of decisions to be made beyond just are you going to go play baseball and get this million dollar check tomorrow or are you going to go go play football and probably have a better chance at making a little bit more money and there's some there's some expectations that come with this right if he stays at penn state he's the guy who's who spurned a million dollars to be here right so he wants to be here and there's already been high praise from coach franklin in terms of saying how good he is or how good he could be right so you're you're playing up to that um, or, or, or trying to play up to that. And, and I don't know that I've seen a lot of in 30 plus years of watching Penn State football and baseball, someone who succeeded at both at a high level. I mean, there's, I guess there's one or two, but it seems that football always ends up making that scheduling thing tough for somebody in the spring, right? <laughs> and if this kid is the, the 64th best person selected and probably higher because maybe he was not picked as high because people didn't think he was going to sign, then he darn well should be starting for the Penn State baseball team, right? So, or at least that's my expectation, my casual expectation. So it'll be interesting from all that stuff if he stays here to see playing time and development and expectations and does he capitalize on NIL and with who and how much, you know, all those things. But I think you're right. I would rather have two years in college as opposed to the first two years of minor baseball or yeah. whatever the number is. Cause that's I mean, just... and even if I understand you're not playing as much and you're not core focus isn't, isn't just baseball, but if you stay at Penn state and play two years of Penn state baseball, it's probably in the same ish quality of low a, like it's, it's probably low a is probably just a little bit better, but it's not that much difference i i no, and if you don't succeed then then you haven't failed on such a grand stage as having yeah. collected a million dollars and and washed out in the minors if somehow you yeah. don't succeed in the big 10 then you weren't going to make it in in minor league baseball anyway so okay you've learned a lesson now you're doing it without less you're doing it with less money but you still may be better off i have two two things i want to discuss before we can continue here 
number one. Um, hold on, let me think of which, which question I want to ask first. Okay, my first question is, Steve, do you think in State College right now there is a business owner, whether it's the owner of the waffle shop, the owner, the, the family that owns the first, the whoever it may be, do you think that there's someone that's got a checkbook ready to be written to a Penn State football player and say, here is X number of dollars, please market my thing, or just take it and market, you know, put, post about me on Instagram once or twice. Do you think that that, and do you think, do you think that money would go to him first or right now because of how pressing this is? Or do you think it goes to Sean Clifford, you know, Kane, Jordan Brown? I th- well, I think it's somebody who's already here first. I don't know that there's a, there's a big open checkbook waiting. Um, I, again, I'll be interested to see if, if, if there is. Um, I do know um, that Sean Clifford's representatives, I think his uncle, right, have, has sent out form letters to Penn State businesses already. Penn State related to town and gown businesses. Hey, if you'd like our guy to do this, we're, we'd be willing to talk. Um, so... I don't know if the businesses have a check, but the, the players are certainly trying to find a way. And, and, and we, as we talked about this last week, I, I don't know who that is. Like, I don't know who's in that wheelhouse for whom that association makes them better in that outlay of cash. Is like, oh, okay, I'm going to go buy a meal here because this person said they had a good meal here. Or, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, nobody, like, nobody needs to be convinced to go to the corner room at this point in, in Penn State sportsdom. You know what I'm saying? Having been there last week, somebody might want to work on that in the future. Is there some stuff going on there? <laughs> I guess, Steve, um, there goes, there goes our yeah, I know. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think certainly there's a hundred thousand fans. There's millions of people interested. There's a business somewhere that will hook itself to the Penn State player or a Penn State players for an association. I, I just don't know who that is, and it'll be interesting to see what the deals become. But I think it is the proven players before this kid. The other thing that's very fascinating about this, and then I'll get to my second question. The other thing that's very fascinating about this whole NIL stuff is the fact that they're, like, Penn State, like, yes, there's Terry Pagula, but Terry Pagula's already given his money. Like, I don't think Terry Pagula's going to give what he gave again. Penn State doesn't really have, like, a like a T. Boone's Pickens or a, even, like, a Mark Cuban or a John Cougar Mellencamp, at, at both of them at Indiana. Like, the, those guys just hand money over all the time like Penn State doesn't have a an alum that is a prominent booster like that like I feel like there's a lot of shadowy boosters would would you agree with that yeah there's a lot of ones we don't know like I think there's people that give money and then they can hit to say hey guess what we we got rid of the basketball coach we're gonna need to pay him off and somebody makes a call but I don't think there's a famous or prominent one I think there's some shadowy ones yeah because like you know, I was I think about like in the third quarter of, of home games when they like bring this like random family on and like we're all supposed to stand up and uh, applaud them for having more money than you and I like like that's what it basically is. I don't know. No, but I don't even think those are the people. Like I think I, I think those are the people, right? Like they're, they they've done a couple, they've done a scholarship, they've done some gift. I think it's the the folks that helped get Kale here, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's the that it's that group, you know, the Ira Luberts and whatever else of people who helped get that and it's, it's gauging their interest but they don't have, there's nobody that doesn't strike me that there's anybody that's just saying here here's my open checkbook call me when you need something that, that's scary that you weren't expected I, I just don't know that there's one of those maybe there is but I, I, I just you would think kind of somewhere along the line through the years you'd have heard a name yeah and I, and you I really haven't like there's not right. hey you know 
Maybe that's no. I'm just kidding. Smeal, smeal degrees are great. If you have a smeal degree, degree, happy for you. Um, wow, you're gonna make me wonder. Uh, okay, my second question on, on all of this, and I thought I thought this was also another pat on the back moment that I thought was interesting. Why is Penn State baseball so average? And here's what I want to ask: Why I asked that. I was looking through some research today. Penn State has not made the NCAA tournament since I was six years old. Um, and in that time, they've opened up a legitimately a pro stadium. You know, it's not like PNC Park level nice, but it's a very nice ballpark mm-hmm. towards the facilities. Um, it's an athletic department with deep pockets. And it's, you know, an athletic department, you know, doesn't win unfortunately doesn't win basketball or football national championships but volleyball national championships wrestling national championships some gymnastics like it's a successful do we think if Lonnie White stays and he is what he's supposed to be do we think Penn State baseball finally gets over that hump the reason I asked this was I was just thinking like the state of Pennsylvania has produced the third most MLB players in when it comes to the states and that is just, it was just, like, like mind-blowing to me that, like, Penn State baseball isn't as good, but then, like, Michigan baseball is, like, a, it's like a na- not a national powerhouse, not like the SEC schools per se, but they make noise. Virginia, similar climate, so don't give me the weather argument. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I wanted to throw that up. I don't know. I was just looking, I'm glad you looked for the Pennsylvania thing, how many Major League Baseball players. So, no, so it's not... People, it's not the population, it's not the high school level of play, it's not whatever. Um, 19, what, 1999, right, was the year you look back and looked at, right? That is, to me, the most impressive team performance by a Penn State team in my team since we moved back here in 1999. But the, the baseball team would make the Super Regional that they advanced to that year, amazing. Just, I mean, because they were, have just been god-awful before and god-awful after for the most part. Well, especially um, back then, because they did not have a right. They, no, they, they were playing not a yep. good stadium. I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't, and I guess it's shame on me for not investing more and trying to pay attention. But you, you've got a stadium, you've got a good conference. They pay for you to go south every year to play. It doesn't feel like they're lacking for facilities. Um, they just have always been. There's just no tradition. Limited support. I'm sure the players that have played through the years are like, oh, no, we love it. We're, it's our team. It's just not, un- it's just unfortunately not a super strong program. And I don't know that there's a way to fix that. And I don't know that a guy who has been drafted getting some playing time next year or the year after, depending on how it works out or even starting, is going to turn that around. I, I don't know. But now, also he's the Bo wrong. Jackson of Penn State football well, and baseball. I was just going to say. Maybe if so. If you're Rob Rob Cooper, though, and hey, I got the I got the 64th best player in the country, probably mm-hmm. better. He just didn't have have his mind made up. Like, do you, I, I don't know. I just think that that was that was on the, also on my mind today. So I wanted to discuss that with you. Yeah, no, I, I can't. There's so many things about this that are really interesting, right? From the, from the front end of the NIL and the decision to the back end four months from now or even sooner, like. Does he get on a baseball uniform and actually get to play? And what does that mean? Does that mean other kids want to come here to play with him? You know, right. d- d- does it mean that, that, that Penn State's smart enough to, to market around him a little bit, right? And, and, and how does that play with the rest of the team? So 
It'll, it's going to be fun to watch. And now watch. We put this podcast out and it'll all be old news by... by yeah, he'll sign more night, yeah. Yeah. Or make this decision, hopefully. Uh, okay. Let's, let's stick with baseball here, Steve. Steve, uh, in, actually right now, uh, the home run derby is going on. Tomorrow is the All-Star game. Here's what I want to ask. Does the All-Star game matter to you anymore? No. Hasn't mattered since interleague play started, however many years that's been. Okay, so you're one of those people. Well, I, thank you. Um, that's so I, no, I just, I want to, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, it was, it was special and different and unique, right? It was just the only time those, those players played against each other was once a year. It was different. Um, so that's all. I mean, maybe that's too much, but it hasn't. It, it, and it's, it's partly a function of age. I mean, we got to, you know, I saw one or two games a week growing up, right? So the players were mythical. It was, it, you know, you were imitating batting stances. You, were, you knew what was going on. Now there's just so much of it that it's, it just feels like another game. And actually, if it wasn't the, it might not have been the interleague. That hurt it. What killed it was the tie. What, what, what definitely killed the all-star game in my world was the tie. Like I was, I, I was going to ask about that because I feel like that was such a bizarre sports moment. Like that is probably one of the more bizarre sports moments of my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the one that ended me. Like, I don't need to watch this now. I mean, I, I know it's an exhibition, but they stick the numbers up there for a reason. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. And it's not my fault these people couldn't manage their players or figure it out or do whatever. Tough. We're here for a game. Play the game. So that was probably the one. It wasn't so much the interleague play. It made it less special, but the tie probably killed it. Because the reason why I ask was, I, as I've gotten older, I have not fallen in hardly as hard in love with baseball. But I feel like your generation and older, that way you're not that old, um, I feel like it has reserved the all-star game as this hallowed ground of Americana of, of like the most important thing in the summer. Like it's like, you know, you've got the college, you know, you got college football in the fall. Well, in the summer, you got the all-star game. You got baseball in the all-star game. No, I, I, I just don't think it has its zhuzh anymore. I, I, I wish, I don't, and I don't know what it needs to save it or make it better. So, uh, I don't know. And, and Shoya Otani is interesting to me. And I, I think that, like, there's a, there's something there. Like, I think we might be on to watching something pretty cool. And as much as I do pay attention to baseball. But I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I've started to pay attention more to the PLL lacrosse league than I have the MLB. It's just, anyways. Yeah, it's just, it, it was... Again, so many more people watched it. I mean, there were, there were at one point, there were 30 million some people watching the baseball All-Star game. Now, again, back then, three channels, didn't have a lot of options, but it was the only time you were going to see it. And whether it's, you know, Pete Rose ruining Ray Fossey's career because he runs over him in an All-Star game, or Reggie Jackson hitting a ball that's out of the stadium in Tiger Stadium when they played an All-Star game, or I think, I think Parker's throw was in an All-Star game from right field to throw somebody out, like just a hell of a throw from right field to throw somebody out in an All-Star game. You just got to see matchups and stuff you just didn't see on a normal basis, and it felt like something special happened. Um, and, and partly a function of age, it just it doesn't feel special. And then they tried the Home Run Derby to add to the day and the Celebrity All-Star Game, you know, to, to make it a weekend and whatever hey, else. Watch it. 
Don't dis- uh, disrespect the Taco Bell Legends and Celebrity All-Star Game. I know. Hey, it was it was when I was in Pittsburgh, that was one of the first or second ones, man. They had like Meatloaf and Mike and Mike. It was like some <laughs> some some interesting people. talent. That's exactly. Exactly. Um, now it's probably all TikTokers. Exactly. Well, and, that's, like, and that's how you know. People. I have no idea who these I, people are. I will say there's been a couple times I've been like, who? Who? Say? Who? Yes, exactly. Um, okay. All right. That's all I wanted to... Uh, do you care about Shohei Otani? I do. Like, he's inter- It's very interesting to me because I feel like much of my... Not upbringing, but, like, I feel like much of my life growing up, it's always been like, hey... Babe Ruth was this mythical person, and now we are getting to see the closest probably we might ever see to him. So I think that's interesting to me. I don't know if he's going to be it, and I'm not saying he's Babe Ruth, but it is pretty cool to watch somebody crush a ball 5,000 feet and then also you know, throw 120 mile an hour. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, I'll probably sample it tomorrow just a little bit for him because I don't know that I've seen him this year, like just because I haven't watched a lot of baseball. So I'll watch it in see, YouTube just to see. We have T-Mobile, so I get the free MLB.TV. And with that, I have made sure that I've watched a couple of, of his his performances because I just think it's super fascinating to watch. Um, yeah, and, I, and then the so. cynic in me hopes he's not Mark Fidrich, right? Like hopes he's not 76 and some guy's hot for a year and then is gone. Right? Yeah. Um, but no, I guess he's I, been here yeah. a bit already, so. Okay. Steve, um, we're going to move on to our next segment. You sent me this at Thursday, Thursday evening, 9, 12 p.m. <laughs> My one sports wish, dot, dot, dot. Each team, all sports, one home uniform, and one road. That's it, period. Steve, you don't like alternate uniforms? Was what? I would assume that you were watching the NBA Finals. Is that what? The, it was the NBA of? Finals, and I, and I saw the valley on people's chests, and, I had, and, and on the court, and I had to think. I was in Happy Valley, so I thought, this is the valley. Um, and then I had to think, what valley is this? Okay, Valley of the Sun, Phoenix. So I do this whole geography thing to figure out who the hell I was watching in the game. Um, and, and I just, I understand. And, it, and it's, it's our fault, right? It's our fault for in embracing marketing ideas and different communications things and special whatevers. Okay, give me a third uniform they wear two or three times a year or something, right? Or Notre Dame busts out the all green or whatever, whoever it is, busts out something that's special. But man, this stuff when teams have six and seven uniforms during a season, it feels like it's just, I don't know who I'm watching. And it is not enjoyable and it's not for me, right? So that's why. Like, I, I it's not for me. All right, here's how I feel about it I think the NBA is, is, is the worst league at it. Like, it's, it is very confusing. As somebody that does not pay attention to the NBA, that's somebody that not necessarily would ever get into the NBA, but I'm like watching and the Mavericks are wearing green and like, the Clippers, who I always associate with red and blue, are wearing like black, black and white uniforms. The Nets, whatever the Nets are wearing this week, like they're all over the place. What's frustrating to me is the lack of consistency. Like I, I think that there should be a home set of those and a away set of those, and that's then you know at least they're at home and they're they're away. What also confuses me is like these ones that say like the valley for example like as somebody that like looks at an image like there's been a couple teams like i think the rockets have one that i'm like who who is this like uh the 
is it the Trailblazers that say Rip City or something yep. like that? Mm-hmm. One of one of the those teams up that way have one that say Rip City. I'm like, what's Rip City? I don't. I, I, so, I guess I did just sprout it off. But at the same time, it's it's so confusing. I here here's here's where I stand with it. I don't mind the occasional alternate or third or even fourth uniform. Like especially if the fourth is like a retro callback uniform. Like the like with what the NHL did with the reverse retros. What I do wish is like, especially in the NHL, for example, college football. Another great example of this. I think one of the reasons why I think the UCLA and USC game is so cool to watch on TV is one team wears red and the other team wears blue. Those are both their home uniforms, and they could get away with it. I think Penn State and Ohio State. Some year, one team should wear their blue uniforms, or you know, Penn State should wear their blue uniforms, and Ohio State can wear their red uniforms. A happy world. Same thing, Michigan and uh, you know Michigan and Ohio State. I think like to me, one of the, the best visuals of hockey was when the Leafs and the Red Wings played in the Winter Classic, and the one the Leafs wore their blue uniforms and the Red Wings wore their red uniforms. It was like the first time in NHL history that the teams wore their same home home uniforms. To me, that's nice. I. What's nice about the NHL is they really only have at most three or occasionally, like I said, three or four, which I guess the NBA does have like four. But the the three or four are so iconic that you know, like you know pretty much if you're watching a red team, 99% of the time it's the Red Wings. You know if you're watching a, a, a black and yellow team, it's more likely either the Penguins or the Penguins, but it's probably also the Bruins. Like it... There's, like, I just wish that they would allow that more often where there's no set home uniform and there's no set away uniform. It is, it like, with me going to the Lightning game, that's the third time ever I've seen the Lightning wear their blue uniforms at home. Because the other times they, they're always just wearing their white uniforms. Eh, I don't want to see that. For a fan that, that's, you know, stuck in Vegas and, you know, Denver is, is in Vegas and you know, they're, the Capitals come to town or whatever it may be. It'd be nice to see them in the home uniform occasionally. It doesn't need to be every time, but it would be nice. Um, so I don't disagree. I, I, I like having, I like when teams have multiple options, but I, I hate when they overuse them, and I think that's what the NBA does. Yeah, I just think they need a smaller closet. Like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. think they need, I, 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 I don't want to have to think when I'm watching. I want to know what I'm watching, mm-hmm. which is it just makes it a little more comfortable. And I and I don't I don't get and maybe Sports Business Journal has done this somewhere, and, and I need to dig a little bit and look. I just don't get the ROI. Like I I don't get the investment in everything, right? Unless you're selling the uniforms off their back afterward, and making sure you're not losing money on them, like. I don't get that. Are you going to sell that many more of the fourth or fifth jerseys that it makes sense to, to do it because people are going to have them in the stands? You know, and, and I know it, maybe it's not about that. I, I don't know. I just, it just, it's just weird to me. Give me a, a home white, a third, an alternate gray, and a, and a, or a home blue, an alternate gray, and a, and a road blue or whatever. Now, that said, I'm not a big fan of the Penn State grayish stuff and the, the pink and black either. Well, for basketball. Well, but the, the the gray is okay, but it's still weird when like you see it. It's it's very jarring. 
and you see like i'm sure picking black is very jarring for people that are not associated with penn state like like a nebraska fan and they're like why is penn state wearing pink and black right but like gray is is fine i don't buy like i'm wearing my my, i got pasta sauce on it damn it uh, um, I'll, have to hit, I'll have to hit that up with a little tie pen or something. I'm wearing my, my Penn State quarters up, and it's blue and white. And I don't have many blue, and blue, white, and gray things. I only pretty much have either a blue thing, a white thing, or a blue and white thing. Right, right. Now, Samantha, our daughter, would do that with Steelers stuff, right? Like, they'd sell the pink women's jerseys. And she's like, when have the Steelers worn pink? Like, I appreciate that they're trying to market the women, but who buys the pink jersey for the Steelers? You know? And... She's not wrong. We Although should, I've uh, seen him a lot. We should we should have my wife on for the, the pink discussion because she gets very pissed off about that because for, for various reasons. One thing that she struggles with is finding like women's cut stuff. Like everything is mm-hmm. men's cut. And, and I think that's kind of interesting. And I'm okay. Make the cuts different, right? I mean, Susan will talk about that. She wants a V-neck or she wants different cuts. Yeah. Give them the cuts, but, but why would you want to wear a team color that's not a team color at all, ever? And why that's is the pink? Things. Pink's always the one for women. Every team, oh, here, we'll have a pink jersey yeah. for, our girl, yeah. for our women, for our lady friends. That's not offensive at all. <laughs> that's like, um, that, or like, uh, to a degree, I'm, I'm part of that is like, we like, when you see like the like MLB jerseys and they've got like the like, the numbers are the American flag or whatever. It's yeah. like, what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, mean, I don't think that's like technically kosher with the like. The, I forget you, the Kiwanis Club is that who keeps the the flag rolls? Whoever somebody, keeps the flag rolls, right? There's like rolls well, that you can't use it. And I feel these rules are these uniform rules are different for say the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, and major college sports as opposed to minor league baseball. Like if the state college spikes and they did this two years ago, want to collect photos of dogs from dog owners in in the in the community. And they'll print all the dogs' pictures on the uniforms, right, to, to benefit whatever it is, bark in the park night, and there's dogs in the uniform. Hey, I'm okay for that. It's minor league yeah. baseball. Do whatever you want, but not in the pros. But, and, yeah, but, I agree with that. So. I, that reminds me of, I still think one of the best nights of, like, Altoona Curve history was they did, the, they did like, what, what, what could have happened, and it was, what could have happened was, like, the, like, the, they didn't do a Rail Kings game, but they did a they did another out like railroad themed one. They did the out they were the Altoona Lake Monsters, and there was one more. They've also recently done the Altoona Brookies, which I had never heard of that time yeah, before. Um, but that one was kind of cool, I, and I like those. I I, I do like those. Um, and that's where that stuff belongs. Like I, I just don't think it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, and that's what minor league baseball is all about. No, kind of full circle. All right, um, Steve. This week's old guy, young guy is brought to you by you. So Uh-oh. I'm, I'm gonna let you tee up. Which one am I teeing up? I would tee up the second one you texted me because I, I think that one. The second one. So I texted you. Changing my own truck oil today, is that an old guy thing or a stupid guy thing? So I'm I curious, Darren. I don't know, like, because you know you could probably get it done cheaper. I guess I don't know. You could probably get it done and not get dirty. Uh, well, okay, so I, I don't know how to change oil. It probably can't be that hard. I'm sure there's got to be a YouTube video. That being said, it's kind of expensive to get an oil change. Like, it's not cheap, especially for what we have, because we, we have a... Our car needs synthetic. 
all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't think it's a stupid guy thing because I think you're you're saving money there, and, and and you know what you're you're learning a life skill, or you you're using a life skill of of changing your oil. That's all, I just so didn't know what you has it ever gone stuff? wrong for you. No, you changing oil you can't screw up. I don't think. Um, no, Not like the like, comic TV like oil all over the shirt and face. And... No hands because you got to get the oil plug out. But um, no, I, I don't think that can go. And I don't do it with like I don't do it with Susan's car, which is newer, right? And still like every so many thousand miles you take it to Honda. Like my truck at this point, and I've been changing it for a while now. Um, but like at two hundred and fifty thousand miles, like I'm not paying for somebody to like just change the oil. Because they're going to charge me. I mean, I'll put in high mileage oil because they're going to, because it probably makes sense. And it's just, it didn't take me much longer today than it would have taken me if we'd have gone to like Jiffy Loop. So I, I was actually kind of like proud. Now it took me a while to like, took me a couple times to get to that point in, in recent in recent months and changes. But yeah, like I think it's a skill. I just didn't know if if people, if if youths now, kids or somebody else said, eh, I'm not going to get my hands dirty. I'm not going to do it. You know that kind of stuff, or, or just what's easier or not. I do feel like maybe this is just with the stage of life that I'm at because uh, I feel like we we bought a home and like all of my friends are very like amazed and impressed at like stuff that I like screwing in a light bulb type like very basic <laughs> like home stuff and they're always kind of like I can't believe you did that Darian and I'm like well it wasn't that hard and then and now like there's other things like the built-ins like I'm like yeah that was that was hard like that or the crown molding which Never doing crime movie again. <laughs> but I feel like in my generation, I guess we're probably maybe not at that life stage yet where it's, it's time to start doing those types of things. Or maybe it's just the convenience thing of, hey. You know, yeah, sometimes it's because you don't have to like get the oil and come back and get underneath it and whatever else. So I get that. And I don't know. Again, I wouldn't do it for her car. But I think it's the kind of stuff it's good to know how to do, right? Like it's, and I, I didn't it's like do this with the time. Like, you should know how to do it at some point. Like just right. Like, it's like that and changing a tire or whatever else. Like those kinds of things just to, you know, if something goes wrong. Or for me, it was like, hey, ladies, here's here's the air compressor for your car. Like this is the portable thing you need to use in case something goes flat. And here's, you know, that kind of thing. And I kind of cheated on that. Like the whole, I think we tried to teach the girls how to change a tire. But my patience as a teacher sometimes isn't real super strong, especially at the ages when we were trying to do that. So like I think we copped out and said, Here's your AAA membership. <laughs> Use the card and call when something goes wrong. Hey, you know what? Though? So, that saved my butt a couple of times. Right. No, ours too. Ours too. Okay. The the second thing, I, or the first thing that you texted me about, I also want to discuss. Um, okay. Do you have a Do you have a jar? How big is Do you have like a Is it like a big water bottle? Like one of the, like Yeah, like the water, water bottles, bottles the guy carries in and turns upside down in the office and yeah. it chugs into the little thing. So I've got like, and it's glass, so it was a water bottle. So I've got that full of I guess we got it at some antique place somewhere so that's probably and how, half to two thirds full of spare change right like how how long have you been collecting that it has moved twice right so here so it's six years maybe I lost you or so Hold maybe on. a little more there you're back yeah okay so I about six years or so maybe Okay. And when will you take it in to get it coin starred or whatever? Hey, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that might be. You probably should. We, um, 
So the reason why I ask is, so I don't really carry cash on me anymore. Um, but growing up, I had a, I had a giant beer bottle that was like a, but it had a Penn State logo on it. And you, I would just throw, you know, mom would give me lunch money and just I have like a quarter left over type thing. And every so often we'd take it to Coinstar or whatever and, and have it. My dad got, like, he had, like, this, like, bank that you, like, put it in, and then it went right into the roll, and then you, it, it, it was kind of pretty neat, um, I, but I, I don't know if that's, like, I feel like people my age still do that, probably, I feel like that's still a thing, I don't know. basically free bank teller that's all that was well i guess banks are relatively free all right um that's all that's all i got you anything else okay all right um we'll be back maybe next week maybe not i don't know but thanks for listening to us if you've got any feedback there's an email it's been listed in previous episodes of this podcast which you can get on various podcasting services um and other than that have a, have a great week bye